There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Alexi the Greek. And I'm Ryan Cooper. We're here with the, we're here with the little news cap episode talking about the events of the last week. There, there really haven't been many. Um, just, Nothing happened at just all. The, the new year is uneventful, just like last year's new year was uneventful. Yeah, the, the most you important know? of which happened mere moments before we started recording. Trump has been banned from Twitter. That is momentous. Yeah. Um, and I would just like to read a, uh, a brief tweet from Michael Tracy, uh, one, of, one of the best posters online, one of my favorite accounts. Everyone's favorite proto-fascist. Yeah, and he says, Purging the sitting president from his primary communications platform is absolute authoritarian lunacy. <laughs> That's our boy. We love him. We love to see yep. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, th- this one, you know? this is funny for many reasons. I mean, first of all, like, fuck Trump. Take his Twitter. I don't give a shit what the rationale for it is. If he doesn't have it, it's good. Um, yes, the the actual rationale. If you read the uh, the 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 blog post that they put out justifying it, like it's totally ad hoc, provisional, makes no sense. It's just like a uh, people are yelling at us all the time to do this. He appears to be doing some sort of crimes. Uh, and B, he's not going to be president in a week or a little over a week. Yes, no, I think that's the key. I, I, I think the, the capitalists realized that the coup would not be successful and so they could start uh, attacking the soon-to-be ex-president. Exactly. And and also importantly, the his political enemies are going to be in power soon and they're going to have full control of Congress too. We'll get into that maybe a little bit later. And so they're like, shit, <laughs> Uh, and you see the, you know, the rats are deserting the ship, basically a whole bunch of, um, you know, uh, top administration officials, Betsy DeVos resigned, Mike Mulvaney resigned, Elaine Chow, who is the secretary of something or other transportation, I think, uh, wife of Mitch McConnell, she resigned. Um, and now they've taken away his posting and, um, yeah, we folks, we love to see it. There are many great tweets that that will, you know, hopefully be preserved in some sort of archive. I'm sure they're they they'll be available somehow, maybe after he's dead. But um uh th- th- <laughs> no, but, Graydon you know, Carter's it's Oscar just, party is no longer hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, people yeah, no, the political scientist Ira Katz Nelson was right. Corporations are, um, you know, private people, authoritarian governments. They're also people, but they're also private authoritarian governments. And this, this private authoritarian government decided to crack the hammer down on, uh, Donald J. Trump and, and good for them, really. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, starting out with some humor is good because it's, it's actually, I don't know if you felt this, been, uh, an intensely, 
uh, distressing, exhausting, enervating oh, yeah. few days. So uh, I think it's good to, to, to laugh at Donald Trump always, but, um, but it's a nice counter to, to really, you know, kind of, uh, yet another sign that the body politic, yep, we checked it, still really sick and still really, really, uh, spreading that cancer, uh, yeah. of, of fat, you know, so, so we can, we can get into that, but, um, you know, it's, we, <laughs> As, as David Dan's excellent newsletter uh, said, you know, it's not often that something like uh, 4,000 something average deaths per day due, due to a pandemic is not the lead story. But here we are, 2021, folks. So, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we, maybe we should go over what, what's happened um, with the, uh, the, the mob of fascists charging the Capitol and endangering the lives of, um, of workers and, and Congress people and, and how. Trump, Trump incited all that. And, and then we can, we can talk about what it means, what should be done and, and, uh, how to make sense of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday there was, and I think it's a completely fair to say this, an attempted putsch, like a, a coup attempt against the government of the United States. So, um, January 6th, uh, both houses of Congress were in session. They were certifying the election results. And it's very important fact. Uh, yeah. Then, and, and numerous Republican senators and members of, of the, of the house representatives had uh, planned to object to the results based on, you know, made up bullshit. I mean, they're pandering there. It's some combination of pandering to the, uh, you know, the, the, the mob of Trump cult of, cult of personality and ad, actually believing that being members of the cult of personality themselves. Um, and, uh, at the same time, there's this big rally, you know, I think I, which I think took place right about the same time as they were, you know, gaveling in Congress, big rally, Trump spoke at it. He said, I'll never concede a, n- a number of other Congress members of Congress, uh, Madison Cawthorn, the 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 uh, basically thinly disguised uh, neo-Nazi, uh, allegedly, um, was at it, and uh, a lady from uh, Illinois, newly elected member of Congress from one of the Illinois uh, uh, districts. I forget her name. She she said Hitler was right about the youth, uh, you know, being the future of politics. <laughs> and, um, so then, you know, as the congressional debate was going on and they were going through the certification procedure, this group, the, the crowd basically, which was maybe part of it. Right. So, yeah. so like the, I, I saw numbers, I don't know about you, that the overall rally might've had 15,000 people or something, but the, the, the crowd that went to the Capitol was in the hundreds. Is that right? It looked like, you know, in the, in the hundreds, maybe a thousand, maybe a thousand. yeah, it, it was not a big crowd, but it was not quite a few people, you know, it's like you, mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing where it's like, if you're going to defend the Capitol building, you would need a pretty significant, you know, resistance force. And they stormed the building and they, uh, they, they, they got inside it. Um, the, the police, uh, the you know the police there were there were a bunch of police there with with riot gear, um, but there were not nearly enough of them, and some of them you know fought the mob and some didn't, uh, some actually just let them in, uh, in one door of the the Capitol building, 
and um you know so they 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 made their way through they they busted into the uh so both the houses of congress were like adjourned vice president pence was there you know which is like part of the ritual he's supposed to you know uh uh like be he's like uh presiding over the certification procedure and and trump had just attacked him on twitter yeah while this is happening trump posts a tweet uh basically inciting the mob to go after pence his own vice mm-hmm. president and the secret service uh, tried to whisk him away but they they couldn't get out of the building by that point and so they were stuck there with with him and and with the rest of the members of congress for a while until they could they could sort of like uh you know uh, uh, cut a way out and uh they they didn't get into the house chamber where a bunch of people who are in the upper galleries couldn't man they didn't manage to get out either um and that's where so behind the uh you know the the main house chamber where i think that's that's where like you see the the joint sessions of congress um and there's the dais and and whatnot, you know, where the speaker sits. Uh, behind that is the speaker's lobby, which is like a hallway. And they were trying. The, the The mob was trying to bust their way into that. And and um, just before we were recording, the the Washington Post published a, an analysis. They got a hold of a bunch of videos because, of course, all these people are live streaming and and recording on their phones and whatnot. And basically, basically, there were three cops standing in front of this uh, doorway. And a couple of minutes before, you could see like probably a dozen members of Congress were going back into the House chamber because they couldn't get out. And um, so they the, the Capitol Police had barricaded the doors to this hallway like they closed it up, you know, there are windows and stuff, and then they pushed a bunch of chairs and shit up against the, the doors. And there are three three police standing in front of this, like, huge mob. And the, the, the mob, they're, like, yelling at the cops. They're, like, punching. I saw this, you know, the, these, these guys are, like, punching the windows so hard they're cracking it with their fists, you know? They're, like, right next to the guy's head, you know, trying to intimidate them. It's like they don't. Like it's a sort of like standoff situation, even though, you know, the I think the police were armed at that point, but they didn't want to start a fight, um, it seemed like. And then there are there was like a SWAT team coming up behind them. And it and it seemed to me watching the video that uh, the 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 cops sort of cleared the way for the SWAT team to come in. And in that time, the mob sort of moves up and they start bashing in the windows. And one woman um, Ashley Babbitt, I believe her name was, she starts climbing up and they're, uh, through, you know, up over the barricade. And there's another cop on the other side in the speaker's lobby. And he's got his gun out and is sort of, you know, yelling at them, do not come over the barricade. She does it anyway. He shoots her, hits her in the neck. You know, it didn't look, didn't look like he's particularly aiming, you know, it was just like, like, Oh God, here they come. And they're like, who knows how many members of Congress behind what looks to be in a like a basically a lynch mob shoots that lady and she died. Uh, she yeah, she one of, one of four one of four deaths right. And five one of those was a cop as well. Oh, five now. Yeah, one of the police officers was beaten with a fire extinguisher and he later died. Uh, that lady died. 
Uh, one guy, apparent, uh, the rumor is he tased himself and had a heart attack. I haven't seen the taser part confirmed. Another woman was who was filmed apparently with the Gadsden flag, don't tread on me flag. Uh, she was crushed to death under under a, like a, a stampede. And I mean, you feel bad, but it's like, you know, do you irony? Little, That's a little that was a little on the nose. The writers, <laughs> little, the writers were a little on the nose. Little irony there. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry for her family and so on. But she and oh, yeah, I haven't, and I haven't heard about the how the other one. Yeah, there was another medical emergency. It was a, the, the final one. Um but yeah, so so they they you know these yahoos are running around, um, and there's a there's a number of them that appear to be just absolute online addicts. You know, like they went to Speaker Pelosi's house. Some guy was like putting his feet up on her desk. Mm-hmm. Apparently, somebody took a crap in the in one of the offices, and there there's like feces smeared all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. They trashed the Senate Parliamentarian's office. Uh, they they stole a laptop from Jeff Merkley's office, but there are a number of other ones that seem very much more serious. There are a number of in, uh, pictures of these guys with uh, flex cuffs, you know, that the police mm-hmm. use to to arrest, right. uh, you know, rioters. Um, yeah, they what's had, that? What's that about? Yeah, they left right. uh, bombs all over the place. Not not just mm-hmm. in Congress, but at the headquarters of the uh, RNC and the DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One guy was found with a whole bunch of Molotov cocktails and gu- and illegal guns in his truck. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. you know the police came up to him. And he's like, "Did you find my bombs?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, like they. They they stormed the Capitol building. There there was a standoff. I mean, I'm, you know, they they the the police were pretty, um, you know, uh, 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 accommodating for the most part. But at, but at certain times, like there were guns drawn with people who were trying to bust into the House chamber itself. And mm-hmm. it's amazing to me that they didn't shoot more of them. And I suppose that's good. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's look that they're very they're very confused. They're fighting their allies, and so it's a little confusing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But once I mean, it's like especially when you see this in many other occasions, like when somebody like breaks the seal. Basically, it's like the first shot is fired, then everybody starts firing. It's like a sort like and those. You know, you look at the the cops that were standing, the three cops that were standing in front of that door that I was talking about. You watch that video; they are fucking freaked because there's sure. like fifty of the the mob and three of them, and they and they know that if like it comes, like they can't get everybody. You know, they could pull their guns, but it like everyone's so close, they probably couldn't even get a more than a couple shots off. You know, and you're talking about being just like pulled limb from limb by these fucking nutcases. And, uh, I, you know, I'm surprised that guy didn't just blast his entire clip. And I think it's, as you say, you know, they, they view them as like, if not their allies, it's like, well, these are entitled citizens and we have to like, you know, absolutely exhaust every possible, I mean, they behaved like you would want police to behave, you know, in the ideal police world where, you know, it's like, if you grant that police should exist, it's like, okay, you know, exhaust every possibility forces an absolute last result. Never shoot anyone unless they're trying to butcher Nancy Pelosi on Twitch. You know, that's the only justification. And then that one shot, not like, ah, bah, 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 you know, shoot everybody. <laughs> but, but. No, no, no. See, Ryan, I, because I don't think they should exist. I don't think, see what their, their conflict was, 
uh, wait a minute, guys, we do white supremacy institutionally through the police here. Okay. And so we're going to give you a little leeway to blow off some steam, but really we're the guys who are the white supremacists. You guys can just like praise us and support us. But if there's a conflict between informal and formal institutionalized white supremacy, okay, we might have to like rough you up a little bit, even though you outnumber us. So that makes it even more complicated. Uh, whereas it's like, oh, black teenager with a toy, kill him. That's not a real person. Right. So, so yeah, like, not it, a real person. A, it's yes. it's about citizenship, you know, and and like, you know, who counts as a person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say these guys, they couldn't, you know, there's no tear gas, no rubber bullets that I saw, and no, you know, like you could you could say, you know, again, if you believe in the, you know, the value of the police, or like, you know, just like the like defending the seat of government from like an attempted, you know, coup, uh, you know. You could say, you could argue that they would have been completely justified. It's like once the mob starts storming, like the 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 building itself, just opening fire, just killing as many as they could. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't think that would have been appropriate exactly, but you know, if you had a cop mindset, that's it would it would be. It's like because it's it's situationally different than like policing somebody's free. Sp- speech, right? Or, or, or somebody even that's involved with a group, some of whom are harming property. Like as, as, yeah. as you say, like it, it, it's, it's, um, theoretically harming potentially those representatives who are, um, you know, the government the state is being attacked directly. And so there, there's, there's no more uh, obvious thing that those that are empowered to have weapons on behalf of the state should protect with force, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, the other thing we haven't mentioned here is like, this was not like surreptitious and hidden and like coming out of nowhere spontaneously. Nope. Th- this was like, no, I mean, the hotels were booked way in advance. Like they had merch. The, the, the pl- the, yes. The, the, pl- exactly. So the, With so, the so date on get into, it. Yeah, yeah, this, this was uh, a fr- frontal attack, the most obvious telegraphed attack you could imagine with literally the president, of course, telegraphing it himself and, and encouraging it as it was happening. Uh, but, but also, you know, the, the fact that not just how they acted at the time, but the, the number of people and the security measures weren't taken speaks to, I don't think just incompetence, but a, a little bit of uh, a kind of collaboration of some sort. And who knows yeah. how organized the collaboration is or, or, or how that, you know, we don't know exactly why, um, other than what makes sense just conceptually, which is that like, okay, these, these, these guys are, are the real citizens and, and we should, uh, look, you know, our president is in fact encouraging them. And, and so, you know, it's a bit of a muddled kind of weird thing, but like on the face of it, this is totally unprecedented, um, for a sitting president to encourage the masses to attack, you know, one of the other two branch, one of the other three branches yeah. of the government. <laughs> what, with, what would right? Madison like, say about this? In your opinion, you know yeah. a lot about Madison and the other founders. You, Madison, Madison would say, "This is fucked. This is <laughs> fucked." Oh, you guys are in deep <laughs> shit. You are in the deep cack. <laughs> 
Um, and 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 it's, you have to laugh because th- this whole event represents Trump, right? It's yeah. farcical, buffoonish, incompetent, but also dangerous, deadly, uh, scary. It, it reminds us of past atrocities while also having something weirdly new and and just facile. Uh, it, it's you know, it, it really are all of his traits being manifested by you know the body politic, uh, the part of the body politic that uh, that he's a symptom of. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why you had the furry. You had the furry. You had the the kind of the the narcissistic like selfies being taken. You had, you know, a a whole kind of just uh, I mean, that's when you think of a mob, I guess you think of all kinds of disparate elements coming together. But, um, you know, he activated right like like a sleeper cell. Right. Uh, Anybody willing to just emote, let out anger, let out steam, do violence, harm property uh, with any relevant kind of um, ideological or just nonsensical justification, whether it's conspiracy theory based, whether it's like traditional don't tread on me, um, you know, libertarian ideology. And and the thing with Trump is is he's kind of like. Uh, willing to promote anyone who likes him and supports him and wants to just do his bidding because the one through line that he and the GOP under him has been in support of. And, and as you could tell from this BS house of representatives vote, right? Um, democracy, uh, freedom, these terms don't mean anything except when I lose, it's the bad thing. And when I win, that's the good thing. And so whatever those terms that are conceptually, historically used to mean, now they mean whatever serves my interest. And and anyone willing to believe that line of bullshit is one of mine. I, he said, you know, in his in his speech to, to them after this all went down, uh, you're very special. I love you. Right. And and that's the <laughs> point. We, we like we we talked about the whole kind of uh, authoritarian personality, cult of cult of personality thing. Um that Adorno diagnosed and, and there was that symbiotic relationship, right? That, um, that love of the cult figure and, and his love for them and, and, and that kind of symbiosis, um, was and is still at play, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, yeah, let me, let me make like two more points there. Um, you know, you, you mentioned how this has been all, you know, is pretty obviously organized, and uh, j- just to emphasize the point, uh, you know, we're talking about just online, you know, Gab, mm-hmm. Parler, the Donald, that's that's the website that they that they made after a Reddit kicked out r slash the Donald. Acoon, you know, the, these are all websites that are available to the public and they've been saying they're going to do exactly this for weeks. Um, you know, cause you, you heard some law enforcement people being like, oh, there was no intelligence suggesting they were going to do this. Like motherfucker, all you had to do was like read some tweets and go on a few websites where everybody knows that's where right wing people organize. And I think that's suggestive of, of, uh, you know, just the, the, the type of, um, you know, connection that, that you were, were, uh, talking about that, um, there there's a a certain sympathy uh be, between you know the like law enforcement and far right extremists like they see them as basically all right they don't code as a threat um and 
And that I think explains like the biggest and maybe most like surprise, you know, the, the thing that's most ex- un- inexplicable to sort of normies was that there was not more preparation um, because like they knew somebody's, in fact, people did tell the Capitol police, which has like 2,300 employees, you know, and more than enough, they called everybody up even by themselves, leaving alone the like dozen other agencies they could have called in other, you know, federal agencies offered them help. They turned them down. Um, and I believe the, the DC, DC government as well. And that right, and the mayor, the mayor. So, I mean, do you know there were conflicting reports about whether the DOD denied uh, requests from from the mayor and from DC officials, right? That what, one, what, do we know what? I'm not sure if that's been reported yet, but I think there was a 90 minute gap. You know, the Larry Hogan said he offered support to 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 you know the Capitol building was turned down for 90 minutes. Larry Hogan, the mayor, uh, governor of Maryland, who's a Republican, by the way. And uh, yeah, there 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 was a, a gap in when people were asking for the D.C. National Guard to be activated, which can't happen unless the president says it, um, you know, because he or he has sign off on that, and it ju- it just didn't happen. Well, they were these people were running riot in the Capitol building, and I think eventually the uh, Virginia National Guard was sent in, and and cops from like the Montgomery County Maryland Police Department were sent in. And of course they were also the same, like they didn't arrest anyone, you know, they're sort of standing around with these guys like trashing the AP's camera equipment and stuff. Um, right. Right. Well, that's the other thing that the, the number of arrests was remarkably small yeah. compared to just like a free speech rally. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a, a pro, black lives matter rally for people just like being peaceful it had uh, a much higher rate of, of arrest yeah. um, than, than you did here. So, so you, so you have that going on. You have, um, you have, a, so what to do with those who incited it, whether it be Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, and maybe we could speak about their involvement, other, other Republican um, politicians, congressmen uh, and Trump, well, you know, it's clearly criminal uh, and seditious to to do what they did, and let alone the actual foot soldiers, the you know the group of idiots or the more organized ones with you know the zip ties and the bombs, and so so it's it's a lot to unpack, right? Because because of how farcical it is and how farcical Trump is, he he keeps getting away with the most blatantly criminal or traitorous actions. Um, let alone, you know, the, the deadly incompetence and often like, you know, uh, negligent homicide when he like told people to drink, you know, bleach or whatever. So, so like he, he, he's, yeah. I mean, in more ways than we can keep track of, he's a deadly menace. Um, and, and so, you know, he's almost, he's almost done. He's finally conceded, I think, um, by the way, the whole he didn't concede thing, that wasn't new. That was telegraphed from before the election. That, that yeah. He was always saying that. It almost struck me as somebody, you know, who's from TV, who, who, who was like, okay, we need to do like some focus groups to see how this plays. And so, so it, it always felt like that whenever he was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't, you know, maybe I won't leave. Maybe it'll just be my administration again, no matter what. You know, like he would, he would do things like that in, in just like an aside and everybody would be like, did you hear that? He just, did you? Okay. Yeah. It's just Trump. But, but like, 
it's a pattern, obviously, that culminated in organized action. So we can't really think of it anymore. I mean, this, this is the kind of interpretation of Trump that led people to think he could never get elected to anything. And obviously, he has more intention, more strategy, more collaboration with forces that um, see his intentions brought to bear and, and come to fruition. So, um, you know, what's to be done both in terms of what's appropriate for Trump and, and those who are involved in this, but also in terms of setting precedent in, in terms of combating the, and we could talk about how to, how to characterize this, authoritarian, fascistic, seditious forces um, that are really just being reflected in the symptom that is Trump and his, his cult of personality and those that are wanting to follow him. Right. Yeah. And then there's those like Holly that might want to want to be taking up that, that leadership role after he's gone. So, so there's a lot we could get into. So I don't know what you want to jump into next. Yeah. I think one, one before, before we get away from the actual events. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think there, there's, there's a, there's a particular, um, you know, argument, to sort of like tendency I've been seeing on certain quarters of the left. Our friend, Michael Tracy is one of the, uh, he's not on the left. Don't call Michael yeah. Tracy. Well, he's, he Stop. purports to be on the left and there are certain people making similar arguments. Um, basically that like, Oh, you know, when Trump was trying to overturn the election, you know, with like judicial bullshit, you know, that's not a, that's not a coup. This is lib hysteria. And you know, they're, they're, and in many cases, these type of people mention that, it, oh, it's nonviolent. It's just a court case. He's not doing anything like that. And now we have literal mobs storming the seat of the legislature and five people are dead. And they're still saying the same shit. And I think, you know, I've been sort of pondering how people could be this dense. And I think the 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 reason is that it's it's basically a sort of inverted form of American exceptionalism to say that, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, whatever happens, it can't be any worse than what's come before it because America is always like the worst country that's ever existed. And in many ways that's true. Uh, but you know, mm -hmm. it can get worse. It actually has never happened for a president to sick a, a mob on the, you know, on Congress to try to like take them hostage and, uh, you know, behead them on a live stream. Um, that's new. That is not happening. It's also, before. it's also a, but it's also really bizarre logic to say that that so so if you think of like our our friend Brad Evans I think was was quite brilliant in how he described fascism as ever evolving and responding and 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 almost like huh, almost like a virus right yes. that, you know that that mute, mute, right mutates and adapts uh and and so like for example you wouldn't say well mass incarceration is quite different from traditional slavery so why why are you all talking about the evils of mass incarceration we don't have chattel slavery anymore yeah and, and it's like okay okay well I think you're missing the point of the dangers here and, and and just because the thing that is bad has similarities and differences should doesn't mean we should just like minimize the threat and say that it's not something to reckon with. Uh, and, and almost it's beside the point to say that it's not exactly like a historical analog. Like that the point is there are forces of oppression, tyranny, destruction, and death that um, are permeating through the body politic and being actually kind of um, led by people formally installed in our government 
including the presidency. So yeah. that seems like a big deal, right? And, and like, you know, we love Corey Robin and he is, I think, um, the most clever at these arguments. And, and I think that's making it in a way the most dangerous kind of argument because it's too clever by half. Uh, and even, even now he's saying, well, look, you know, uh, all of this that just happened is less violent than things that have happened in the past. And look, the Republicans are now, you know, um, condemning it. Look at what Mitch McConnell's saying and, and look at, you know, uh, and now it's, it's, the, it's the, the right wing, um, you know, supporters that are being castigated as the agitators and the terrorists. And, and, and that just shows how weak the GOP is. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is a very clever, but weird argument, man. Like, yeah. why are you going out of your way to, to, to say that this is no big deal? Yeah. And I'm, well, and there's an easy synthesis you can make here, which is that in terms of attracting us, the support of a majority of the population, the, the Republican party is very weak. They have Correct. not won the popular vote in seven out of eight uh, last presidential elections, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not the 2004 is the only one. Um, and, and and yet, at the same time, that is uh, they they are incentivizing themselves. It's like, you know, you sort of have two routes in that. You could change your position. You could modulate things to try to get more people or you could cheat. And, you know, resort to more and more extreme tactics to win without getting a majority. And they're choosing door number two. Um, and this, I think, you know, it's not a perfect analog to like classical fascism in the 1920s and 1930s. But there was a strong element of like the old conservative mechanisms of hierarchy and control in those days were not working. You know, you had uh, people joining up with the, the like social Democrats and the communists, you know, the, then the communists are beating the social Democrats. And like, you know, our society, you know, our, 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 our low tax rates, our low regulation, our these the 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 whole sort of panoply of like conservative government is falling apart. Maybe we need to resort to the wild men of the right, and I think there's a very strong element of that happening. Um, and that if you you know if if you just go with anti democratic means, you can hold on to power without winning a majority. And uh, it's it seems like Corey, uh, you know, God love him, is is holding the democracy constant. When in fact, in American history, you can just uh, just disenfranchise people and rule by force. Well, and I think that's yeah, that might be part of his point. Look, it, it's it it's true that those who see Trump and Trumpism as exceptional and unique are incorrect and don't know their history. And it's true that those that don't see how you know the institutions of this country have. I just talked about the police through and through white supremacist, uh, xenophobic, nativistic elements and institutional structures and, you know, historical moments that are, are terrifying and terrible and, and are just through and through permeated with oppression. And, and, um, and so, you, you know, you, you can say that, look, fascism is, fascism is distinct from white supremacy. It's very important to make that distinction. It's like, okay, but also like, slavery and white supremacy in this country literally inspired Hitler. So, so it's like <laughs> these things, I mean, these yeah. things are, are kind of, you know, there's a, what, what Wittgenstein would call a fam family resemblance between concepts, but also there's a family resemblance within the use of a particular concept. And what he means like by that is that the meaning of a, of a word or concept is in its use, 
right? And there are different uses of the same word that, um, that resemble each other, right? And it just depends what the context is. Um, and so, you know, we, we can get hung up too much, I think, on, on using, um, the same word or concept in slightly different contexts in slightly different ways and, um, talk past each other. You know, John Stuart Mill once said that in an intellectual debate, both sides tend to be correct in what they affirm and incorrect in what they deny. Um, <laughs> w- right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I want my point to be heard and no, I don't want to hear your point. And, the, and, and both people are making a good point that needs to be synthesized. Right. Uh, and so, so, you know, we can hold that, that, um, Yes, Bush was terrible, that mass incarceration is terrible, that there's all kinds of, um, you know, terrorism domestically that is uh, perpetuated. But why not pay attention to this current virulent form of this virus of white supremacy and fascism that seems to be bubbling up in many ways and seems to be harming particular people, killing particularly people, you know, uh, never mind that it's, it's, it's like mixing with this, this kind of uh, just idiotic Trumpist um, epistemological disaster. I mean, this is a super spreader event too, where none of these idiots were wearing masks, right? Yep. So, so, so you have this like convergence of a super spreader event, not for no reason, right? With this kind of uh, white supremacist f- fascistic response to authoritarian incitement um, to violence, right? And to, to, to seditious traitorous violence. Um, and, and, and I think it's like, Sure, the rally had 15,000 people, not a lot of people. Uh, sure, you know, maybe a thousand people storming the, the kind of seat of government. Um, but it's not about those numbers. It's not about how particularly resembling, you know, the, the Nazi history this is or isn't. It's about what form of terror and violence and hatred is this taking? What do we do about it? And, God, I hope you don't think this is just going away and doesn't really matter, right? Because like, it's just not true that it, it is not killing and harming people. It's just not true that it's not really deeply, um, I mean, the, the libs like to say, this is not who we are. Well, who we are is a dynamic flow, right? And we are being this, some of us, a large part of us are being this right now. And in fact, at least one poll says that of Republicans, right, 46% of them supported this this mob action? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And so, the majority so like, also I don't know. blamed Biden for it. So 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 don't don't tell me that this is not a dangerous moment, right? Don't tell me that just because like the GOP is technically weaker than before that this doesn't have you know, and maybe Corey Robin and others wouldn't say it's not dangerous. They just want to clarify, you know, particular yeah. terms and, 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 and say how much worse Nixon was. Like, I don't even really understand the point, I, I suppose, in, the, in this ranking of, of, uh, you know, similar and, and, and somewhat distinct, um, reactionary forces and, and presidents. But, um, but what it seems to do, the work being done seems to be, ah, you're making a big deal out of this again. What's wrong with you? Which, like, what is the point? Like, what what does this discourse tell us to do or not do? Like, I, I guess I'm not understanding that. Because what I see when I see this is not what the libs see, which is, like, we get rid of Trump, it's gone, you know, um, which some of them probably don't think that, right? But, like, uh, what what should we as the left be thinking right now about what needs to be done, not just affirmatively, but as a response to this really deeply sick body politic um, that we're witnessing in the form of, of these, 
you know, these, these thugs and, and morons who are doing violence and, 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 and listening to, um, you know, an authoritarian moron in the name of freedom, right? So, so like, this seems like a deeply problematic thing for, again, socialism requires an idea that we could have a collective, right? That yeah. we could have like a, a demos, one people in some way. And, and even if that involves like power struggles and so forth, that's fine, but we're not functioning as a polity at all right now. Yeah. Yeah. And this, uh, you know, I, I made an analogy. I, I've seen other people make this analogy that this was it actually went very much further than the beer hall putsch of 1923. Um, yeah, maybe you should tell tell the audience a bit about that historical. Uh, yeah, this was, you know, th- this was another, you know, comically inept uh, attempt at seizing power uh, that that, uh, you know, Hitler and um, uh, I believe it was uh, Luden Ludendorff. Uh, but you know, the, like the Nazis tried to seize, uh, not the national capital, the, the, the Munich, uh, capital and government. And they, there is, um, a number of, uh, local government leaders who were at the, you know, a beer hall in Munich and they took them hostage and they were going to, you know, use this to try to like seize control of the provincial government from there, sort of use that as a springboard to the national government. Well, it didn't, you know, it didn't work. They couldn't really get any concessions out of the hostages. And then they tried to march on the defense ministry of the province and they ran into the police and the police did not let them in and they opened fire and they, they killed like 16 Nazis. I think four police died. Hitler ran like a bitch, uh, because he's a, you know, like Trump, a big coward. Um, but you know, so, so comically inept, uh, attempt at seizing power. And, you know, the point, the point that I was making, I saw, you know, again, in a number of lefties who are, who are the, they, they, they say, ha ha, they'll be saying, ha ha, hysterical libs at the moment that they're put in camps. But, uh, th- the point is not that this was a particularly successful, um, you know, attempt that it, that it was a really comically idiotic and, 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 uh, you know, only semi dangerous thing. I mean, except for the people with uh, zip ties and bombs and guns who, you know, nearly captured some members of Congress. I mean, I don't think they had any plans aside from that. And I don't think even that, even if they had uh, captured Pelosi and Schumer, you know, uh, uh, that it would have allowed them to seize national power. But um, they did seize the Capitol. You know, they did disrupt the counting of the votes like Hitler never got anywhere within the same galaxy of that in 1923. He couldn't even take the regional government. Um, and, you know, the, the point of that is, you know, it's like he, he had a comically inept, idiotic putsch. And then a decade later, he's chancellor of Germany. Um, and so, you know, this is a common pattern. You see it in many cases, a really stupid, idiotic push just from people who basically uh, they, they're, they're so dumb. They don't know to not push on the door and then they push on the door and they find the door is completely rotten and nobody's protecting it. And you can just storm in and do whatever you want. Nobody's going to stop you. And then a few years later, the people who are just a little bit smarter than that have a better strategy and they actually do seize Mm -hmm. power. And that's exactly what happened with Hitler. You know, like 
again, it's it's not a one to one analogy. I'm just saying that like mm-hmm. this this type of thing well, has happened. Yes, it's a it's it's an ember that. And don't forget, like of the 75 million people that voted for Trump, I'm sure the well, way too many of them are supporting this. So that's already alarming. Yep. But like, I think the the number of actual brown shirts or thugs willing to to do violence is probably a small percentage. But like, think if that number really started to grow over the years, and think if Trump wasn't such an idiot and he started because like the military and the national security folks can't stand Trump, right? So he's got the cops and, the, and ICE, you know, the border police uh, on his side. But uh, imagine if somebody was, was smart enough to actually try to, to work within, you know, the military, national security. And, and meanwhile, you're, you're becoming more popular, more important, you know, so, so you can imagine the, the kind of the virus spreading to become um, truly, truly dangerous. Not that it isn't dangerous to kill some people and have, you know, all of the hate crimes and all of the, I mean, uh, people getting run over. And uh, it's so, so, so it's just a lie to say that there isn't white supremacist uh, murder and violence. And, um, and it's also a lie to suggest that like this can't be seen as a trial run or as kind of the, uh, the inroads to, um, uh, something that is more successful. So just because this was a, a Richard Seymour piece or blog post that was quite, quite good. Um, you know, it is incompetent fascism still fascism, I think was the title. Yeah. Is that right? Fascism is always yeah. incompetent. It's always full of absolute yeah. idiots. Hitler was an idiot. You know, the, the, yeah. he united the entire world against him and died in a ditch covered in petrol on fire, you know, like. <laughs> he was yeah. he was yeah. brilliant in a lot of very narrow ways and in ways mm-hmm. like the, just classic fascists are just like, oh, if I just keep raising the stakes and doubling down and doubling down, I can win for a while until I unite the entire world against me and I get fucking stomped into mulch. And that, you know, but in the process, he killed 75 million people, you know, and that's why it's so yeah. dangerous. It's like you you have to. You have to, you know, throttle this uh, fascist baby in the crib, for lack of a better analogy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we've long, I think, said that, like, really pernicious ideologies that at least believe themselves to be furthering some common good uh, are quite distinct from ones that, that basically... Are, our, our Thrasymachus from Plato's Republic are uh, justice is the advantage of the stronger. Justice yeah. is whatever helps my group, like the kind of tribalism that is white supremacy, that is, you know, xenophobic nativism, that is authoritarian um, cultishness. That there is this category difference between people who they might use freedom, they might use all kinds of terms, but ultimately they're really serving, you know, the white race or this leader, right? And, and, and their, their friend enemy distinction is, is with like other people in the body politic, other Americans, other people living here. Uh, and, and it's not actually a disagreement within the body politic. It's, 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 I mean, this is what civil war is. It's saying, no, 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 we're no longer one people. In fact, uh, my group is the real group yeah. and everyone else is basically an enemy combatant. And, and, and that is a category difference. And so like, you know, that's why you see the Mitch McConnell's now and the others who, who of course are being advantaged because Trump is out of power, but like th- they might actually believe, you know, that like, okay, look, I like my power. I like my money. I, 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 whatever. Don't care about all these people that are getting harmed by GOP policies, but like, 
I don't want this country to have a civil war and fall apart. In fact, I like the stability of this country because it enriches me. Yeah. No, right. So, so like it's still very bad that the oligarchs and the imperialists, uh, run the country. And imperialism is really bad because they don't actually give a shit about other countries falling apart and about other countries having civil wars, yeah. about other countries having, having genocide. But they at least care about their own country not having those things because they, they profit from the stability of their own country. Right. So, so like that is as, as pernicious and, and gross as, um, you know, there's that joke about the reason this did, this coup didn't succeed is because there was no U.S. embassy to help support it. Um, that, 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 uh, that, that, that's true, right? That's, yeah. that's totally true as far as it goes. Um, no but, but because, station. but because it's true, it, it makes it even more. So like fascism is like a death drive. Um, and, and you know, Hannah Arendt talks about terror as when you cannibalize your own even, basically. Uh, and so, uh, you know, fascism gets to a point where, like, or, you know, even with, with like Stalin, right, where, where you don't trust anyone, all trust and social relations end up being severed and you, you can't trust even your, your, your right hand man. And so everybody gets clipped. It's like the mafia, right? Everyone's taken out. Um, and, and until you just, you know, Ouroboros style, annihilate yourself, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's Thanatos, right? It's Thanatos. It's death drive. You, you kill off the out group, you kill off the, the next inner circle, boom, 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 until everything's gone. Um, which is the opposite of socialism, which is trying to expand who counts as part of the people and who love extends to and who counts as equal and who gets the benefit of being served. And it's all about outwardness and service and love and care. Um, but in any case, like usually you have the, you know, ethnocentric or like, um, kind of, uh, American centric Republicans who at least like see, um, you know, sedition and, and, and treason is really, really bad because the friend-enemy distinction is at least drawn around the borders of our country. And as much as we on the left think that's not enough because we want to be internationalist, it's really, really bad if, if, if like, and it's a sign of, fa of, of fascism and, and that death drive, if there are forces within this country who are eating eating itself, not just attacking uh, the other outside the boundaries, but attacking the other everywhere here. Um, yeah. So and that's why the, con the conspiracy stuff feeds into that. You can't trust anyone. You know, uh, you're a rhino. You're not a real, you know, only whoever Trump tells me to believe in is, is on my side until they're not, until they're fired. And then Mike Pence can, we can go after him too. You know what I mean? So, so like, this is really, really bad um, for the psyche of the country for this to be spreading. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this gets to it. You know, I wrote a little piece about this, but as far as potential solutions, you know, I would say <clears throat> in this case, you know, there's there's really no uh, replacement for good old big, big government. You know, you're talking about a seditious conspiracy, uh, you know, right wing terrorists, whatever you want to call it, like people who want to destroy the country, want to break it up, want to take away, you know, whatever sort of in se severely incomplete democracy and constitutional government that we have, they want to take it away from us. And, um, I, you know, I rehearsed the history of, uh, Amos T. Ackerman, who was the, uh, attorney general under the, the, the first attorney general to run the department of justice, which was set in, set up in 1870. And this was, um, uh, created by radical Republicans and, uh, under president, Ulysses S. Grant, um, basically to protect democracy in the South. You know, you, you had, um, you know, you had uh, white terrorists who were trying to set up like 
what would become Jim Crow, but they were beings fought at the time. Um, and, you know, Ackerman basically uh, set up a bunch of uh, federal tribunals and he would try people for violating the civil rights. So the, this is the first time that, that uh, by the way, in the, in the Ku Klux Klan Act, that the government set up a, the federal government set up a law where you could be, you could violate a federal law and be prosecuted for a federal crime. Uh, that, that had never happened before, you know, as, as, as part of like the sort of code, you know, there's like the constitutional treason thing. Um, but, uh, you know, that hadn't been established as like a sort of like point of law. And so the Ku Klux Klan acts, that's, you know, like basically violating people's civil rights, uh, trying to stop them from voting, you know, that sort of thing, conspiracy. And so Ackerman runs out with the solicitor general, Benjamin Bristow, and they, 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 uh, they, you know, they send out a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, investigators and they find the, uh, uh, KKK terrorists and they, they try them and they, uh, and, or they, they indict them and prosecute them and try them. And, um, you know, they basically broke the back of the KKK in, in a matter of, uh, like probably about a year. Um, you know, they uncovered all these conspiracies and in South Carolina, they declared martial law or sorry, they suspended habeas corpus and, and sent in federal troops because this is during reconstruction. So it was the occupation of the South, which lasted until 1876, uh, 1877. Um, and you know, uh, uh, it, it, it was, you know, it, it wasn't a sense like, a, like how, you know, the Jacobins like reestablished the country in the French revolution, you know, like, like the, there's big chunks of the country in rebellion and they had a coercive federal response, but unlike the Jacobins, you know, with their red terror and they killed a bunch of people, you know, seven, 17,000 something official executions under, you know, to the guillotine and all that, which went, you know, got, got completely out of control. The punishments were not that severe. Uh, you know, one KKK leader got two years in prison. Um, there were, there were 700 indictments in Miss indictments in Mississippi, but most people escape with deferred prosecutions. We're like, if you, you know, if we see you again, you're going for a hard time. And, you know, so the effort wasn't to say, we're going to root out every single KKK member because like, it was basically just the sort of armed paramilitary wing of the democratic party in the South at that time, which is like basically, you know, the reconstituted Confederacy. It wasn't saying like we're gonna find each and every one of you people and we're gonna we're gonna you know uh, punish you and we're you know uh, uh, exact vindictive vengeance upon you. It was just saying okay, we have a conspiracy to undermine the government of these states in the South. We just need to break that conspiracy apart. We need to you know say here you're doing a crime. We're going to like at least. You know, we're going to demonstrate that that crime can be punished and threaten you with punishment. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to seize the property of people. And, and uh, you know, the, in South Carolina, the thousands of people fled the state because they were, you know, all members of the KKK. And like that was enough. It didn't take an insanely vindictive sort of like heavy handed approach. You just had to stop the organizing. And that, I think, is what is called for today. 
you really don't need to throw everyone in prison for seven, 70,000 years or do death sentences or anything like that. You just need to stop the organizing. And I think this lady, Ashley Babbitt, is an illustrative example because she was an Air Force veteran who was, you know, there's a classic uh, story about, oh, she was so nice. Everyone liked her, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and she got into QAnon. And so, you know, she was radicalized by these, uh, you know, online uh, conspiracy theorists, extremists, and so on, um, you know, to becoming a terrorist, you know, an insurgent, and uh, and was shot by a, a bodyguard of Congress, more or less. And, um, you know, if if you can stop that organizing, just just break those networks apart, shut down those websites uh, as basically like, you know, parties to sedition, um, and say that like we're we're preventing this type of politics, and we are, you know we are trying basically to rescue you, our fellow citizens, from yourself. You, are, you have to participate in democracy if you want your needs fulfilled. Okay, go and vote, but we're not going to allow you to go and murder the the Congress, you know, because that's not how we do things. Like just sort of like beating people with the steel ruler, you know, just it's like no bad, but not saying like, <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to put you in prison for 9,000 years. That, that, that is not necessary. And it also takes a long time to do that sort of thing. It's all, it's, it's all about, I would say a wide network of, of, you know, a, 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 a sort of firm, but not brutally harsh, uh, coercion to, to, you know, protect democratic government. And uh, in the civil rights movement actually is very similar in that way, you know, because it was, uh, you know, forcing the southern states to to allow black people to vote. That was heavily coercive. You know, they, they would send in they would send in, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, attorneys and um, and in extreme cases, the actual National Guard to force schools to to integrate to to force um jurisdictions to allow black people to vote and there was an insane amount of resistance and there and and it took a, a while for that yeah, to stick so, and i mean it didn't stick and, and to be fair in the civil rights era right they were also assassinating you know fred hampton and, and oh like, yeah so the, this is the this is the, the the complexity of it is like um it, in order like the enforcement of of um integration right like the state acting in service of equality was in response to popular uprisings and, and mass movement and or yeah. organizing and mobilizing, right? And like similarly, if you have now, you might get lucky with a particularly enlightened or or just kind of um, you know like like Ackerman, right? A, a guy in charge who really wants to crack down on something. He was, uh, but j Jet. By the way, just let me interject slightly. He was a former yeah. Confederate. He uh, he's born in New Hampshire. He lived in Georgia. Um, but, but, you know, he just became very, uh, after the war, he decided that uh, during the war, actually he decided slavery is no good. And afterwards became an advocate for the rights of, of, of freed slaves. Um, but he was not any, he was not like a Thaddeus Stevens guy who had seen the light his whole life. Right. Um, yeah, but no, he saw the light at the right moment when he had the power to do something about yeah. it. And that's great. That's good. J just generally the, it, like if 
if the federal government is a force for eradicating white supremacy, that will be either a tremendous amount of luck uh, or because it's already reflecting a mass shift in consciousness brought about by mass politics. Yeah. Um, beca- because like for the most part, for most of our history, the, the government and, and those arms of the government, uh, and there are differences between the feds and like your, your local police and, and so forth, right? Um, it, it depends. But for the most part, the armed institutions of the state have tended to reflect the white supremacy rather than combat it, right? Um, and, and so like, I, I think like we shouldn't, um, lose the ability of cracking down in that way insofar as we can do it. If you get a Biden administration or, or you know, whoever in power is willing to use the, the arm of the state for good, great, do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but we can't rely on that because it usually won't do that. Just in the same way that, like, you, we can't just expect the Biden administration to, you know, uh, solve inequality and, and, and the other ills, right? No, um, no, no. No, okay. and I, I should mention that that this is, this is not at all, you know, Ackerman led the, the charge and he deserves a tremendous amount of credit. I would say best attorney general in American history by, by a huge margin. Um, but it, uh, this was part of a context in which black people in the That's South, right. yeah. which were the most, the reliable, most reliable base of the Republican party at the time were begging the federal government yes. to come in. That's key. And protect. they were, they were saying, you know, these states can't protect our rights. We are being killed in our beds. Come and help us, for God's sakes! And the, you know the 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 Grant and Ackerman were were you know savvy and moral enough to respond to that uh, call and say, "Hey, you know yes. this is not the, the you know this is our power base. These are our voters, but also like this is a sort of like moral foundation of our society." And um, right. we should protect the democratic institutions that, you know, we, we, him personally, Grant spent so much and got so many people killed defending. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's not. Yeah, the context is super yeah, important. And it's right. same thing with the, the civil rights movement. And so I would say, you know, that, that uh, you absolutely couldn't trust Biden to do the same thing. But I, I think him and, you know, Merrick Garland, you know, incoming attorney general, you know, has sort of a harsh on crime record, but he was involved with the fight against the militias in the 1990s, which was disastrous in many ways. I mean, uh, the Waco and R- Ruby Ridge, that was really terrible, mm-hmm. but also kind of tended to show you that that's a real threat, you know, and, and some level of like action against it is like necessary and justified. And, and so, um, I, Weren't you also making the point, Ryan, that if that if there was a big Antifa presence, that none of this capital stuff would have happened? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you had ten thousand Antifa, you know, which is, I mean, shoot, the population of DC is like seven hundred thousand right. people. No, I mean, there would have yep. been a brawl, and maybe a bunch of people would have died. I mean, that that's very possible, but I don't think they would have gotten into Congress. No. And, right. but a lot right. of these yeah. people were, they were focused on, uh, you know, preventing that they didn't want, Oh, don't go into counter protest. You see the theory of Antifa. That's like, if you let them run wild, that's what happens. They attack the centers of power. You know, they blow shit up. They kill people. They take, they kidnap right. people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that no, I think if, that's a good point. you know, you have a mass movement that's trying, that's trying to sort of line up the political incentives of Biden and, uh, Garland, 
uh, to say that, like, look, you know, you know, you're the head of a democratic government. If you don't, you know, suppress the fascists, there won't be a democratic government anymore. You personally yep. might be killed. And so you this, should, yeah, you know, right. take steps to uh, protect democracy and your but voters. But these useless Democrats, these useless <laughs> Democrats, even when the, who, who, who is pointing them out, even when they themselves were being attacked directly, didn't have the guts to do anything about it. And, and, and you know what I mean? They and, hadn't the, passed even, the even ne- impeachment. They're going to do oh an impeachment God. resolution next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I mean, look, look, if, if you look and it's like, okay, literally only the DSA people, right, are, are, are standing up and immediately drawing up the articles of impeachment, immediately calling yeah. out, you know, who needs... Ilhan and, Omar and insane, was drafting right? up articles of impeachment when she was in the, like, safe room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. No, no. AOC was amazing. Corey Bush. All the... And so it's like, they actually have guts and principles. Yeah. And, and these just, these these kind of spineless Democrats. So, so uh, you know, the, the key is, that, that even your best um, politicians need to be pushed. Um, but you have true leaders um, like AOC and, and uh, Elon Omar and, and Cori Bush and, and Rashida Tlaib and others that, um, that are, are joining the fight and, and, and helping. Um, but, you know, in the same way that you need to push the state to do the right thing, whether it's FDR, as, as our friend Harvey K talks about, FDR, you know, ask the people to push him. And he was pushed, right? Uh, we can think of maybe the response to fascism as informal and formal, both in what needs to be responded to and in the ways that we respond. So we need to push our politicians, try to get the state to do the right thing. Um, and then maybe, you know, you need to get, get on the streets and be a good citizen and try to oppose the fascists, like literally uh, in person and organize to, to defeat them on the streets if the state isn't doing its job. And I think this yeah. also applies to the false dichotomy between, you know, the, the debates in, within DSA chapters often between like the more anarchist versus the more Marxist uh, approaches or the, or the approaches that want, like, let's just push for, for Medicare for all and focus on, on that versus people that want to do mutual aid and do kind of, um, you know, d- direct uh, engagement with the communities in ways that, that aren't pushing for the resources of the state necessarily to be the prime. You can do both and, and you should do both because, you know, one is going to be a much more powerful, lasting, structural change once it actually happens, right? Once we have Medicare for all, that is going to be lasting and really broad sweeping. Um, but in the meantime, there's a lot of persistent fights and, and, and meeting of needs that needs to be hap- needs to happen uh, here now locally. And so I think there's no reason to oppose the kind of anarchist, uh, Marxist, or just social or statist approaches. Um, the, the key is to come up with strategies that are formal, informal, and that allow everyone, you know, as a, there's a Greek poet, uh, Odysseus Elitis, in, in one of his uh, poems, he, he writes, um, each to his own weapons, yeah. right? So every, right, everybody, you know, grab whatever weapon is your weapon, whether it's the pen, whether it's uh, volunteering, whether it's getting in the streets, whether it's pressuring a politician, whether it's running for office. And um, that's the kind of uh, solidarity we need, a solidarity that, that can differ over tactics and strategy, but really encourages and, and complements each other in, in the fight and recognizes the, the different threats for what they are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing, you know, like, like my uh, kind of specialty is writing takes, you know, like I'm, I'm not particularly good at, at uh, organizing, I guess, but uh, we saw today that Joe Manchin is skeptical about the $2,000 checks 
Senator. Oh, Munchkin. I'm surprised. I'm surprised, Munchkin. <laughs> but there, so, so the Washington Post came out, or a friend of the pod, Jeff Stein, came out and said that, uh, you know, that, that, um, we reported with some other folks that, that Manchin was, was, uh, not, not keen on the checks. Then after that came out, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on. I never said absolutely not. <laughs> I was just, See? you know, and, and I the, think, you know, yep. the, the public pressure on him, he, he was feeling it. And, you know, he wanted to hear some counter. And so that suggests I was going to say and use this as an opportunity like, OK, maybe I should I can get something for this. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe I can't so so easily, you know, yeah. I, I could leverage this. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in case you're listening, Joe, wh- whatever you want, whatever you want, baby, it's yours. Matter. <laughs> we will give you the largest <laughs> pile of coal ever assembled by man. And this is called politics, baby. Yeah, this is called politics, by the way. And just before we started recording, I saw a report that Lisa Murkowski, Republican senator from Alaska, is speculating openly about leaving the party. Um, and the, there's a there's a new primary system in uh, Alaska now where I think it's open party ranked choice. So uh, nice. she it would be virtually impossible. She's very popular in Alaska. It'd be virtually impossible to primary her from the right with like a restricted Republican electorate. Um and so she might go independent and caucus with the Democrats. She's come on over, Lisa. The yeah. water's warm. And and you know, like Alaska only exists because of bribery. Like like it, their their politicians are are you know bridge to nowhere. That was Alaska. They they've gotten you know bribes <laughs> from the government. And let me tell you, I am willing to give them. But more. don't forget one of the one of our one of our greatest politicians. One of our greats was from Alaska. Do you remember the great governor Palin? <laughs> uh, uh, Richard Hammond. It was the, the governor Hammond, the guy who set up uh, legit, excellent governor of uh, Jay Hammond. I think his name set up the Alaskan uh, uh, social wealth fund, um, per, a permanent right. something fund. But yeah, so so they took their oil money and they invested a bunch of stocks, and now so Alaska gets uh, you know a, a UBI. They get the dividend, the citizens' dividend. People yeah, love it. Right. People love it. It's great. Um, it's shocking. It's shocking what uh, money in the pocket can do. Yeah, you know? and so you know we could top that baby up. You know, hundred billion dollars of tax bill, your money. What you know, whatever you want. Alaska, there's only seven hundred fifty thousand people or something like that. So you know. 500 bucks for every Alaskan for $500 billion to Murkowski personally. <laughs> like, what do you want? What do you want, baby? <laughs> well, here, look, here's the thing. This is an opportunity to really expand the, the Democratic Party if they just like realize that they could just serve the people, meet some needs. Yes. And d- deny the ability of the fucking fascists to divide and conquer by like not meeting any needs, but just like playing up on the anger, frustration, disappointment, uh, envy, w- what have you, that shit won't work as well. If you like, yes, granted, there are a bunch of rich, educated assholes who are going to be white supremacists no matter what I grant you. Right. But like, there's plenty of people that will just switch over and, and, and not have any interest in an authoritarian cult personality because, you know, they're pretty happy with how things are going yeah. and it's not that hard to do. It would, it would help the economy. It would help our politicians win office. It's a no brainer folks. We could just do the things. Yeah. And that's where I, that's, uh, I, I was meant to go with that was just exactly what you say that, um, 
you know, you're talking about trying to diffuse some of the 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 aspects of far right politics, make the economy good. You know, I mean, that's like the main lesson of like the rise of the Nazi party. When there's hyperinflation and economic crisis, he did the the beer hall push. Then Nazis virtually vanished for a number of years. Oh, now the Great Depression and the Nazis got 37% of the vote in 1932. So, you know, you do another round of checks, 2,000 bucks, um, you know, or or 1,400, I guess, depending on the definition. Um, Top up the 600 bucks we already got. You know, make American balance sheets good again, and uh, um, <laughs> you'll you'll have a nice like as when the everybody's vaccinated, the pandemic's over. Uh, there'll just be a nice big pop of of spending. You know, people have been saving hugely. A number of you know the the poorest people have been getting fucked during the pandemic. It's been really bad, but like the bulk of the population hasn't been in this good of financial shape for a long time. People are in. Those people, the the majority, are in really good shape. And so we could have a nice big financial boom return immediately mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, 2019 economy, low unemployment, high uh, jobs, and defuse this kind of extremist politics. Because I think, as you say, that's, you know, history shows it, uh, political theory shows it. When when things are good, when it's when uh, when when money is easy and times are prosperous and jobs are plentiful, right wing politics is not as attractive to people. There are a lot of mechanisms for that. You know, it's not a one to one thing. It's not like desperation equals Nazism. But, you know, it, it, it definitely there is a correlation there. And so if, you know, we just got to, we got to bribe Manchin, whatever he wants. As the old saying goes, yeah, as the old saying goes, socialism or barbarism, that that's the binary yep. for a reason. And, and, and what both of those, like what that dichotomy recognizes is that basically economic liberalism, neoliberalism, capitalism, uh, all the different manifestations that are neither socialism nor barbarism, uh, it's it's instable. It does not actually perpetuate itself. It leads to um, you know reactionary forces and disruption, and that disruption and inequality and harm that that's going to lead to to you know one of two paths. Uh, either either we kind of come together to stop it and and save ourselves from each other and save the planet from us, or we, you know, uh, are going to have that Thanatos drive where, where we just destroy ourselves. And, 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 and those are the two paths. It's a clear, it's a clear choice. Uh, and so we hope that, that the kind of, uh, dumbass, you know, captured Democrats can continue to be infiltrated by DSA members and, and, and the consciousness <laughs> of the country keeps shifting and, and hopefully they'll serve their own interests by helping the people enough until we can actually like overtake in, in, in some kind of stable way, uh, a major party that will persistently, you know, lead us towards socialism and, um, and prevent, um, disaster from, from being a, a permanent thing and, and, and prevent years like 2020 and now 2021 one from from being the new normal so i think that's that's what we have to look forward to either the new normal being what it's been um or you know as machiavelli would say kind of seizing the moment and being bold and having um the people and and their representatives finally figure out you know we got to do things really differently which calls back as harvey k would say the way that that many radicals in the past had captured similar moments um so yeah, it's a no-brainer. I hope they do it, but I'm not 
super, super confident in our useless Democrats. So we got to push them. And, uh, and, you know, good, good for Jeff Stein and good for you, Ryan. The media plays an important role in, in pressuring. No, it's true. Embarrass, shame, pressure, all that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We all have to play a role. A lot of mediating institutions, lots of different, um, you know, organizations, uh, and that's it. That's what it means to be an active citizenry and all do what we can each to our own weapons. So, yeah. So thank you for, uh, for what you're doing, buddy. Appreciate you. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. Let's, I, I think there's, there's, there's some hope and, um, absolutely. at least we, we don't have the orange, the orange idiot is not going to be around for longer, even though he's uh he's merely a symptom. He's a, is a big, dumb, ugly symptom. And I'm glad for that symptom to disappear soon. Yeah. And we don't have to see those posts anymore. By the way, if they impeach him, right, and remove him from office, he can't run again. Yep. So that is a great, great, great reason. Um, and as Chris Hayes point out, his Republican competitors might, uh, might think about that, you know, in, in terms of their own self interest. And this is a Madisonian point, right? Ambition is meant to counteract ambition. So, um, my God, you would think that, that after he gets, um, removed, that some, you know, up and coming attorney general wants to take him down as part of, uh, part of his legacy or her legacy. So we, one can hope we'll, we'll wait and see, but uh, yeah. 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 I think there are a lot of rocks with a lot of seething maggots underneath them. And once he's out of there, mm. it may not be possible to avoid overturning them. Um, and right. So, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, well, there, all hope is well, not uh, lost. With, we could be looking at a with, 51, with that beautiful uh, yeah. vote Senate majority. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. And so we can all get very depressed because now there's actually some hope that could be extinguished in the most excruciating way. But at least we have that that little glimmer of hope. Um, see what they could do with it. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and and thank you for that image of the seething maggots. I'm glad that I have aphantasia and I can't really <laughs> see anything in my mind's eye. We didn't mention but, that uh, both uh, both people won in Georgia by over 1%. John Ossoff and Raphael yeah. Warnock. Right. We, yes. A, yes. Uh, a, incredible. A black pastor from MLK's old church and a Jewish guy. Yes. I mean, from Georgia. Yes. And like... Yes. Like they, yes. They're, See? they're not like the best. They're not Bernie, Look, but like they're not it, images, images of, of those two winning in Georgia and, and subsequently, you know, the seat of Congress being attacked by a bunch of fattish, fascist idiots at the incitement of the authoritarian president. That is something we have to hold together as being related because we have the barbarism and the socialism. We have, you know, the, the hope and the miracle of, of kind of possibility and the, and, and the, um, the ability of principled people who in their difference represent the downtrodden and are fighting and have people, you know, say what you will about Stacey Abrams. I, I think she's a, a squish and, and I, I wouldn't, you know, vote for her for, for any official office necessarily, but she can organize and, and get yeah. the vote out. So uh, God, God bless her and those that worked with her and all the those door knockers for doing that. But that's the thing, like the, the, you know, they are few, we are many. And so it, it, there's, there's the hope, um, of, of the light breaking through the cracks, you know, and, and of actually, um, in the midst of this ugliness, um, you know, m- maybe there is, um, you know, just a matter of time, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> 
was going to say, maybe that crazy fascist was right, that the, the kids are the future. And it has nothing to do with Hitler. It has nothing to do with Hitler, because our kids are woke, baby. No, our kids. Uh, let's, our, let's quote some uh, Jesus, you know, so for the little children, right. come, un, come unto me. Yeah. The, the, see? Say, say, that's the way. You we, don't, I mean, is. this is the thing. It's like if somebody's quoting Hitler about something, that uh, tends to indicate that they're basically... There's better quotes yeah, than that. They're... they're <laughs> They're they're involved with Hitler in many things, and um, that's right. Yeah, if you need some anodyne statement about how young people will be able to vote in the future, no, Hitler is not your go-to. Yeah, don't, it's not your go-to. Yeah. So anyway, good job, buddy. Well, congratulations to uh, to the victors in Georgia. Congratulations to Georgia. Yeah, first black senator, right? Yep. And, rad- and radical at uh, that, which shows once again that the milk toast, limp, limp dishrag centrists are not the best candidates necessarily in the face of authoritarian fascism, right? No, not at all. And, um, and they ran, wow, it's a miracle. They ran on providing people in a pandemic sustenance, actually, you know, providing bucks, yeah. them. Yeah. That was a bit like, yeah, Warnock especially was vote Democrat, get $2,000. And so, you know, de- yeah, Joe Manchin needs to say, "Hey, you're gonna betray. You're gonna you're gonna betray our party, Joe. You're gonna you're gonna be a team player. You're gonna. You know what LBJ would do? LBJ would negotiate with Manchin, but at the same time, call up like five Republicans and and offer them anything in the world that they could possibly want, and then threaten Manchin if he doesn't jump at it immediately. He's gonna make his life a miserable hell and and get all these other guys that right like and, yep. and say that he was the problem. And then whoever his biggest enemy in in the Congress is, he's gonna get that that person to to actually be the the final vote. So you know, do some politics, people. God damn it. Yeah. Anyway, I, so let's go back to your Jesus quote. That's better to end with Jesus than than what I just said. Yeah. Okay. Give us, give us the Jesus quote. I like the Jesus quote. Um, Matthew nineteen fourteen. Then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. And the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he would I know. That's, that's a good... <laughs> all right folks uh thanks for listening and um we're glad that we don't live in a fascist dictatorship for the moment um it's true and uh, yeah stay safe out there and we'll see you in the next episode bye